Hi there, and welcome to the Homestead Education Podcast. Do you have a homestead, farm, or just dream of a rural life? This is a show to help you and your kids grow your own food and grow as a person. I'm your host, Cody Hanner. I'm a homesteader, homeschool mama six, and small town enthusiast. I was raised by an old school rancher and blessed by the grace of God to have been exposed to so much of what rural life has to offer. Join me every week to talk about homesteading, homeschooling, and growth with a homestead education. Hi, everyone. I have Katie Klein here today. She is a Minnesota homeschooling mom to three who is passionate about Jesus, her family, and good books. Her heart is for making homeschooling a little more life-giving and a little less complicated. Uh, And she has Little Treehouse Learning Company. Thank you so much for coming today, Katie. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's Little House Learning Co. And um, I've been doing that now for about a year. And it's been really fun. It's had a lot of challenges now managing homeschooling and, you know, a small business. Um, You get that. Mm -hmm. So really life giving those. It's so fun to be a part of the homeschooling community at large, um, especially in this day and age of having an internet connection. Um, It just feels like I have hundreds of homeschool friends. So yeah. Oh, I understand that one. I, in fact, my last interview today, her and I just both were like, wow, we just needed a good laugh. Like, I mean, most of our interview was just chatting and I, she's planning a conference next week. And so it was, uh, we both needed like that, just release it out a little bit. So I definitely understand how you feel with you have hundreds of friends online. <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. I, I sometimes feel sad for homeschooling moms who were the pioneers where you maybe knew a handful of other people in your church community or your neighborhood. And that was it, you know, especially uh-huh. people who are rural and stuff. It's just, I feel really lucky to be homeschooling in this day and age and just to have all the resources and community that are literally at our fingertips. Yeah. I feel like I would have never been able to step into some of the things that I have both professionally and mentally had I not had, you know, the resources that we have today and the connection that we get to have. Yeah, it's, it's a gift for sure. I, I was kind of joking this morning is that it's really ironic that technology is helping us reach back to our traditional roots. <laughs> right. And just like to reconnect us to um, a movement that I think could have died out had there not been people, you know, putting that online. Um, I'm really thankful even for kind of like this internet pioneer of people who were like, let me share what I know and let me you know, expose you to this beautiful way of life. And that's totally different from the norm. And uh, I don't know, I feel really grateful just for all of the primarily women who have like gone before and championing for their family and just said, let me share this wealth of goodness and information. Yeah, that's, I feel you. (laughs) So um, have you always homeschooled? Yeah, we um, kind of fell into it. We um, live in a metro area. And when my oldest was preschool age, we had just cut our income in half when I became a stay-at-home mom. And uh, in our state, preschool isn't free. Some states near us, it's like free for anyone who's of age. Um, And it was really expensive. And I just was like, I don't I, he was a, a child who was late to sleep through the night. And so like when he was three, I was like, he's been sleeping through the night for like six months. Like he feels like a baby to me still. I don't feel mm-hmm. like he's ready to go off to, to preschool. We don't have the, the financial resources for it. And so um, I just honestly started Googling. I had a newborn and I can remember like nursing sessions and just on Pinterest pinning all these blogs for like preschool activities and that is like what led me into this you know wormhole of homeschool resources and ideas and I feel like I started following some of those people all those internet creators and I was like wow this homeschooling looks totally different than maybe what I thought it was or what I was exposed to in like the early 90s and I was like, well, to start with preschool and see how it goes. And so I put together like a little preschool activity booklet that has actually now become my preschool, my preschool curriculum. Um, It's called Let Them Be Little Preschool. Mm -hmm. And then um, by the time he was in kindergarten, he would have gone in the fall of 2020. And so we just were 
like what yeah <laughs> like, that if there's happen. ever a bad if there's ever a bad time to start kindergarten it would be now and so yeah. we just we're like let's just keep homeschooling and now we're in love and I don't think you know we still take it year by year but it's just so great the benefits are incredible to our family so we're kind of in it to win it at this oh, that's point. Wonderful. You know, we live in a really rural area where I was like <laughs> listening to you talk about preschool for a second there. And I'm like, why is she, why was she so interested in preschool? And I'm like, oh, we don't really do preschool sometimes in really rural areas. They're, yeah. um, they definitely are an option. They, you know, they have um, almost like a daycare type setup. Yes. And, you know, like you said, for some families, um, they can be free. Mm-hmm. Uh, my older kids went to preschool because I was going to college at the time and basically I needed daycare. So over, I chose a preschool over a in-home daycare. Yeah. And I mean, they had a great preschool and I loved it. It was Spanish immersion. We lived in a very um, bilingual heavy area. So that was a really great place for them to start. And uh, I actually loved their preschool, but you know, like I was saying before our call, we did public school for seven years and it wasn't the right place for our kids like I said they the public school made us feel like our kids were broken and I realize now that it's actually the program that's broken and so yeah like my little ones they're three and five Mm -hmm. my five-year-old he at two and a half was like mom I want to start doing school like I mean he had very good language yeah let's do it and he's been doing school I mean we did preschool now he started you know kindergarten homeschool curriculums and he does co-op with the older kids and uh loves it my three-year-old still like doesn't talk in bites so <laughs> like I would have never thought to send him to a traditional preschool like we would have got sued or something <laughs> yeah it's so different with each child um and it is different depending on where you live you know I was having pressure from friends where they're like mm-hmm. you know my oldest was very chatty and very like um, I don't know if facetious is the right word, but like, is they are typical firstborn. They like the things the way that they are, and was very like, this is how it's done, and I'm gonna tell like just leader strong. And so, yeah, all of my friends were like, well, they really need to be in preschool. Like, why, why aren't you sending them already? You have a baby at home. Get them out of the house. Get them socialized. You know. And so, um, you know, it's ironic that when your kids are under five, you have all this, these friends who are like, let's set up a play date. Like nobody ever is worrying most of the time about their socialization. And then when they're five, they're like, well, how will you socialize if you homeschool? You know? So there's a lot of irony, I think, in the whole educational system and in kind of what we were taught to believe is good or best or healthy for our kids. And I think the longer we as a family are outside of that system, the more we're just, our mind feels like it expands to like, what is education? What is socialization? You know, like what is health really? Um, And then we can, I think, examine those from a different perspective and really try to weave those into our family culture. Yeah, I, that question of just what is education at this point? And, you know, our kids, I, I mean, we're in a season of life right now where we haven't done official homeschool in probably six weeks. Yeah. We haven't sat down at the table and done school. It's those doldrums of the winter, man. <laughs> it, it really is. And, you know, like we, we just spend a lot of time schooling in the winter and we spend a lot of time schooling in the summer. Um, but in, in the springtime, it's, we're starting seeds. We have pigs farrowing. I mean, we're a farm. Um, for right now I have my conference schedule in the Mm -hmm. fall it's harvest and hunting season we don't do school during that time and my kids are very educated yeah just because they aren't like sitting at the table it's amazing what kids can absorb when they're ready and when they're interested what they can absorb even when they know they they can take a break when they have that autonomy to say Mm -hmm. oh I want to move like how I'm sitting or I want to move rooms I want to have a blanket like all these things that you don't think about um you know as adults we can say oh of course if I'm working from home I want to be in comfy clothes I want to be in a comfortable place I want to have snacks and a drink and you Mm -hmm. know all these things we can say that is my ideal you know like 
way to work. But then we look at what we set up for children in our traditional school setting, and it's very opposite of that. Um, and so, yeah, I, I mean, know. when you, you have here behind me, I have a giant office. I mean, of yeah. course, I run like my shipping company basically out of it, mm-hmm. but it's still a really nice size office. I do a lot of my work in here. I do all my podcasts, my budget type stuff. I do my shipping. You can see my exercise bike where I sit on there and read. Um, I, I pedal too, but some, you know. <laughs> um, but when I'm writing, when I'm writing my books, I do that in my recliner chair with a blanket and a snack and half the time a toddler in my lap. Right. Because that's where I'm comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. You know, we have, we have one kid who he can't handle like being in the living room. If the TV's on or his brother's watching something on a tablet or something, he just can't, he can't do it. So he does have to sit in the kitchen with his back to the living room. Cause otherwise he would just be all over the place. Yeah. It's amazing. Like not only scheduling wise, but when, when you open this world of homeschooling, all of a sudden when you feel the freedom to really make it fit your family, like you can, you can change the schedule. You can change so many things about the atmosphere of your home and the way you're presenting education, what method of education you're using, all of these things to really craft what is, what fits your family, what fits your children and all the needs that they may or may not have. Um, it's, it's, I feel like it's such a privilege and a luxury um, to even have people who said, Hey, you can do this. Where it's like, oh, I I can, I guess I could, you know. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's amazing how different homeschools can look to from each family um, once they find what, what works for them, and then you know, mm-hmm. six months later you're changing it for a different child. But you know, like that's kind of the cool part about it is just the flexibility and the freedom that you have. You know, I've always loved, like for example, the idea of unschooling. Mm-hmm. I think I, as a child, would have thrived in the unschooling scenario because I'm a lifelong learner yeah so I I mean as a child I'd go to school and then come home and try to learn more yeah and I actually you know we didn't have internet at that time and stuff I was constantly trying to find books and I didn't live my my mom wasn't a real learner to that extent like she thought the only books you had in the house were like the set of books that were like the fancy books in the living room Sure. That that I probably read like seven times. So like I think I know the 1987 world record book Inside Out and Backwards because <laughs> that was I just oh. it was all I had to read and I would yeah. just read it and read it and read it. Mm-hmm. Whereas my crew now I had our one of our older teens he has ODD it's oppositional mm-hmm. defiance disorder and he yeah. needed that structure. Mm-hmm. We needed that structure. If he didn't have structure, he would manipulate the situation and it would be a nightmare for the whole family. Yeah. So we had to keep this really tight school schedule mm-hmm. um, because if, you know, you, if we took a Monday off to go to a doctor's appointment in his eyes, we never had to do school on a Monday again. And he would fight it tooth and nail. Mm-hmm. Well, if we could take last Monday off, why can't we take this Monday off? I'm not doing any work. Sure. So now that he, I, I say gone, he's, he works outside of the home and he doesn't do school anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we learned, we just couldn't handle that one anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. You know what? I mean, at 15, he said, I can't do school anymore. Can I get a job? And yeah. we're like, well, let's try it. Let's try it for a season and see how it goes. And yeah. he's worked full time since then. He's almost 18. He's now an electrician's apprentice. He's been doing that for two years bought himself a nice truck. He's on the fire department. Yeah. So what if he can't sit and do school? Oh, and he's, he's working on his GED on his own so that he can get his apprentice license. And isn't it so great great that he has the flexibility to just do like what he was meant to do. Like that was one of the things for me when I grew up in traditional schooling, I really felt shackled in high school I was probably more like you, like a self-starter, somebody who maybe unschooling would have worked for, or just, um, there was a lot that I wanted to learn and I was fine to do these other subjects, but most of the day I felt like it was just busy work. I I hated feeling um, like people were wasting my time and I felt Mm -hmm. like so much of my schooling was just wasted time. 
people talking, people chatting, time to work on your own, transition time between class, you know, or I was like, dude, what am I doing? I could be doing a million other things right now than just sitting here waiting for you to like wrap up whatever it is that you're doing. And and that was one of the things that I was being so bored where I was like, look, this is not fun. Well, when I compare like what we do in homeschool to like what I did in high school, Mm-hmm. like you know my kids are done with their schoolwork sometimes in like an hour and I'm like what did you do like you didn't have time to do anything and then I look back on it and I remember sitting in like say high school Spanish with a single worksheet we were going to do that day and it took the entire hour to get through that worksheet because nobody could keep their heads on straight yeah they say they did a research study and they said that statistically for every 45 minutes that kids are in school, there's only eight minutes of work actually being done. So like when you compress the whole day, you're like, well, yeah, you could probably get all your work done like an hour or two. Mm-hmm. Like that's basically what you're doing at school. <laughs> Plus you have all of the transition time, like driving to and from school and pickup time and lunch time, you know, where it's just, you know, Plus a lot the, of ways- the social stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I don't know, I, I can't say that we won't ever send our kids to a school system, but um, I feel really grateful just to be homeschooling. Um, it doesn't mean that homeschooling doesn't have its challenges, obviously. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of families who get into it and they are like, oh, this isn't what I expected. Or they choose a method of, of homeschooling that maybe isn't a fit for them, not realizing that it's not a fit for them. And then they're like, oh, why isn't this working for us when this is working for my best friend who recommended it to me, um, you know, mm-hmm. and then I think they can get stuck sometimes. And, and that's, that's a, a passion of mine um, is coming alongside families who feel like they're stuck homeschooling or who are just getting started and mm-hmm. don't know where to start or feel like, well, I just know this one lady, you know, who I met through, through a friend or who maybe goes to my church or whatever. And I'm just going to use whatever she uses. And then all of a sudden they're like, Ooh, this is not good. And you love, Oh, sorry, go ahead. There's a little bit of a delay. So yeah, <laughs> um, I think even like something that you love as a parent, you said it in front of your kids and they're like, no, no, this mm-hmm. isn't for me. And you know, for it was really hard with our ODD kid because he was defiant to every curriculum. Whereas mm-hmm. like now our younger crew, they'll have conversations with me about what they want. We have, you know, a, Hey, we're going to sit down and pick our five curriculums for the year together. And if there's one, we all hate, we get to veto it. Yeah. So like, it's still, I work through that. You, you know, you're 14, you need to finish your curriculum. You can't just throw out everything that bothers you a little. But around Christmas time every year, we pick one or maybe two, if it's really bad, that we just don't love and it gets to go. And then we get to buy some new curriculum mid-year and it makes it fun. So that's that autonomy piece too, which is super great, especially as your kids are getting older is to give them more, you know, freedom and choice over what they're being taught. You know, as somebody who had zero freedom about what I was being taught or even what my course options were, you know, it's it's a cool thing to be able to give your older students, especially what are you interested in? Do you want to work? Do you want to, you know, be a firefighter electrician or do you want to, you know, pursue music or whatever it is just to give them that extra time? Like I said, we haven't done school in probably six weeks Mm -hmm. right now. My 14 year old son is sitting out on the couch reading the history of American agriculture. Love it. It's like their passion. mm -hmm, He came to me a little while ago and he's like, Hey, are are there books out there about the history of like farm equipment? Yeah. I was like, yeah, there are. I don't have any, but I do have. And I like, you know, showed him three or four books I had that would kind of fell in that category. And he picked one and he's out on the couch reading it right now where my daughter, little miss, uh, you know, mother hen, she is getting us completely packed for our trip today while I'm doing all my podcast interviews. I mean, she's putting together our, our itinerary. She got into my wallet and pulled out my business credit card and my ID and put it in my little travel pouch that I have. And look, I mean, she's just, I mean, on it has it already. And I don't even have to worry. Like she's so on it like that. I can pretty much, I'll ask because she is 14, but it's close enough that I would feel confident, like walking out the door and grabbing my briefcase and getting on the plane. Yeah. 
That's that's like the beauty too of homeschooling is you, you have all of this, the extra time that you get, you get to choose what to do with. And some of that is this life skill where mm-hmm. you're saying, how do you budget? How do you pack for a trip? How do you like do chores around your house? There's my husband works at a university and he sees students all the time who come in and are 18, 19. They have no idea how to do laundry. They don't know how to cook for themselves. They don't know how to like, you know, I got a parking ticket or I need to get an oil change. How do I find somewhere when I'm out of state or I'm out of, you know, where I grew up, all of those sorts of things, you know, some of that you still have to learn like outside of homeschooling, but you do have a lot of life on life that really happens, you know, plus your kids get to see seasons of like, Hey, we're moving or we're having a new baby, or this is what it looks like to go through a season of grief or, mental challenges and illness, you know, there's all these different things that our kids will likely experience in their adult lives and to be able to um, give them the gift of saying, this is how you navigate as, as an adult and you get to get a front row seat um, and get your hands dirty and figuring out how to garden and how to, you know, all these different things. So well, I think, cool. you know, you learn a lot more about your kids too. I mean, some of it and, you know, you just learn more about who they are as people and have a different relationship with them. But then, you know, like you're talking about that, you know, self-sufficiency piece, which I'm actually writing a book right now called the self-sufficient child. And it's, you know, just even things like I was driving to the grocery store the other day and I said, Hey, when we get there, um, you know, you just, all well, we need is a gallon of milk. So here's the debit card, go grab one. And my daughter goes, I don't know how to use a debit card. Mm. Oh, so yeah, you're going to do that now. <laughs> well, she was like by myself. And I'm like, no, I'll send your brother in. Cause he does know how, yeah. it's, you know, yeah. because I usually they're twins. And so I always just send them to do stuff together. Yeah. And so he knew how to get the cards while she did, or she, he knew how to run the debit card, but she's better at like, you know, reading a list and picking stuff. Really? And <laughs> I didn't realize that she had no clue how to run the debit card. So, you know, but I feel like there were so many things that I wouldn't know about them if they were spending all their time at school and then after school with sports and with friends and not that they don't have sports and friends, but it's a different life. It really is. I think that's something I didn't realize either until, you know, we're at this point of homeschooling is you know, I had a group of friends that maybe were in like mops together or, you know, some kind of group. Um, when my kids were, my, especially my oldest was little. And then as we got older, like our worlds just diverged because we chose homeschooling and they chose a different path. And now, you know, that our oldest are like second or third grade, just seeing the stark contrast in what it looks like to have a life that's revolved primarily around school and school schedule versus like a life that isn't I mean I didn't I don't think I realized how drastically different they actually are um, until you're living in and it's like wow okay yeah we don't do it like we don't have to plan around a school calendar for traveling and we don't have Mm to worry about waking a baby up to to go do drop off and pick up you know or we don't have to pack school lunches like all these different things permission slips and sports and Um, we do do a lot of outside activities and and social stuff and co-ops and, you know, things like that. But even then it it just, it just doesn't compare to like, Oh, your child is literally gone from you for like eight hours a day. Mm -hmm. Um, Just So different. Um, And it's hard to explain that too. It's hard to explain to somebody how different it feels to be home with your kids all day. day. Yeah. And you know what? I am, I'm not a very, I don't know the word for it is sensitive or emotional or I don't, I don't even, I know what word I'm looking for, but touchy feely keeps kind of popping. Yeah, right. I'm, just, I'm not that type of mom and I never have been, you know, and when they were in public school, I just, yeah, my kids are gone all day, whatever, you know, like I couldn't mm-hmm. handle them home. And then when they actually came home, yeah, there was a different type of stress, but the relationship I've built with them, and I'm still not a very, gosh, I wish I could think of the word that I'm, I want to say like, I don't want to say I'm like a connected, not a connected mom, because I'm a connected mom, but I just don't have those, I'm just not like that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I thought that 
you know, for me that that meant I wasn't going to have that type of relationship with my kids. And I just kind of, to some extent, accepted it. that That's just part of who I am. And then bringing them home to homeschool, I realized that we could have an amazingly close relationship without me being a affectionate. That's the word, yep. like an overly affectionate mom. Mm-hmm. And actually my mom, she was an overly affectionate mom and it made me really uncomfortable. And Mm -hmm. she would like yell at them when I became a parent, she would yell at me for not being affectionate with my children. Mm -hmm. And I honestly look at it now, like, you know, and when they were public schooled, I still had that like, man, my kids aren't going to be connected with me because I'm not affectionate. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, like I said, having them home now. I don't have to be an affectionate to have an amazing relationship with my kids that homeschool was that catalyst. Yeah. Isn't it amazing too, that we are just, our society is so like trained to think this is the only way that Mm -hmm. we would rather accept. Oh, well, I just won't have a close relationship with them. Or like, we just are trained to accept that when they get to a certain age, they're going to have their whole world is going to be peer oriented and less connected to your family. You're just like, Oh, Mm -hmm. this is, getting older I always think it's funny like personally I feel like zero to five is such a hard time it's like it's it's emotionally and physically exhausting and then finally when you get to this place where it's like you're sleeping they're self-sufficient no diapers you know like then they're getting that fun place and then you're like see ya I'm like what where it's like I mean toddlers and babies are fun too in a different way but it's like finally it's becoming their own person then you're like, you don't even get to see who they are because they're gone from you all the time. I don't know. Time was such a big one for us of why we got into it because I like our, our family values togetherness. We always say, why do alone what we can do together? And we just really feel like if we have the choice to do life separate from one another, where you're going to graduate and not even really know your siblings, not even really have a relationship with them because you oh my I love how much my kids love each other yeah I mean it's not always loving right (laughs) but it's like I had to laugh like last night my twins they're boy girl Mm -hmm. twins but they kind of forget that they're 14 year old boy girl twins that are supposed Mm -hmm. to hate each other I guess and like they flopped down on the floor with their phones and pillows last night and they were like almost touching. And the next thing I know, they're in a fight. Why are you touching me? Why are you so close? I'm like, you guys are the ones who laid next to each other, you little weirdos. <laughs> so I have a boy girl twin as well. Like I have a twin brother. Okay. So like, I totally get that. <laughs> it is like, interesting, even with growing up with a twin, like he was the only one I really saw because, you know, we had lockers next to each other. We shared a phone and a car. But even then, like, I didn't really see him all that much, you know, comparatively, when I think about even now, how much more time I've spent with my own children than I have, like, with my family of origin, my siblings and my parents, like, mm-hmm. and my parents like, try to be involved and they were good parents, you know, but um, I just think that it's, it is so, so different. So I'm really thankful that we found homeschooling because what I knew of homeschooling growing up, I would not have wanted. I just no, didn't yeah. realize that there's all these different methods to homeschooling that like, oh, what I knew of was like a classical method or a traditional method. But what resonates for our family is something totally different, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, even now, like the, what the knowledge of what people know about homeschooling out there in the world, like seems pretty limited unless you're going like purposely looking for it. Yeah. I, and you know, honestly, like you said, finding what works for you, it, I mean, people ask like what style homeschooling we do. They're like, Oh, did you do classical or Charlotte Mason? I'm like, we're actually eclectic homeschoolers that do school at home three days a week. And then we unschool four days a week. Totally. People are like, that's a really big stretch. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I do feel like most families, the longer they're in it, they the more that everyone ends up in like an eclectic kind of hodge mm-hmm. because you do you have more learners and you have more experience where I think you can like trust what you're interested in more and you kind of it's just easier to go off cuff mm-hmm. when you have been doing it for a while. Yeah. And then, you know, I say the school at home part, I have my two, both my twins want to go be science majors. 
Okay, fine. So, and they've been very uh, adamant about that since beyond a young age. Like mm-hmm. at three years old, my daughter was using the process of photosynthesis to argue with me. <laughs> I mean, just very locked in on that. So yeah. we do like three days a week. We do a pretty regimented math and science, English. Like we sit down, we get it done on, during our seasons when we're doing school so mm-hmm. that they are comfortable with that. You need to be at the table at eight o'clock dressed, pills taken, you know, breakfast completed, ready to learn because that's how it's going to be in a college setting. Yeah. But then we spend the rest of the week basically unschooling to be able to explore what else they could possibly want Mm -hmm. to learn. Yeah. I mean, you have these kids, these poor kids who are coming into a college setting where they don't really know what they're good at, except maybe they're good at getting grades or maybe they're not Mm -hmm. good at getting good grades. You know, they only know kind of like, well, I think I should like go into science or math because that's what I got the best grades in mm-hmm. um, and forgetting how big the world is of like, it's more than just like these couple of boxes, English, you know, math, science, um, <laughs> they never had that time to really explore what, what is it that I care about mm-hmm. the most that really like excites me, that motivates me. Um, And instead, they're kind of like, well, you know, when I was 15, I said I wanted to be a doctor. Or when I was 12, I told my mom I wanted to be a doctor. And so I guess I'm going to be a doctor. And then they get into it. And, you know, $80,000 later, they're like, maybe I actually like business. And I don't know why you're in medicine or engineering or whatever it is. My daughter, she has always wanted to be a vet. That's, I mean, all Mm -hmm. she talks about, you know, I know all little girls go through, like, I want to be a vet stage. Like Mm -hmm. this girl still reads animal husbandry books for fun. So I'm going to roll with, she's pretty comfortable with it. Yeah. Um, And she probably has that experience like on the farm where she's, she's getting the abilities. I think that that's how kids that are homeschooled, like can really shape and find their passion a lot more because Mm -hmm. they're not confined by all these check boxes. And they're like, oh, okay. I actually do know I want to be a vet because I've lived it and experienced it and had all this hands-on learning and time to, to pursue it, you know? Yeah. And she does like vet science and 4-H. She volunteers at the vet's office. And even this year she goes, I found that I'm not real comfortable with the large animals, even though we have the farm, I just don't feel that comfortable getting physical with them. She's like, so I think I want to show a dairy cow this year so that I have to get more hands-on with our animal. Yeah. I'm like, cool, whatever you want to do, like, let's roll with it. But then if you ask her what she's going to major in in college, she's like, I want to go pre-vet, but I want to focus a lot on biology and maybe do a minor in ag business. Mm -hmm. She's like, so that way, if I just, if I lock in on vet science and that's what I want to do, I can go on to vet school and I have the biology and the pre-vet under my belt. And she's like, and if I don't want to do vet school, she's like, I know I want to work with animals in some way. So the biology, I can maybe go into some form of wildlife biology or something. And I'm, she's like, and you got to have the ag business. She's like, I, she's like, I listen to you. You have to know how to do business. I'm like, do it girl. You know, whereas my son, he's always wanted to be an engineer. That's all he talks about. I'm being an engineer and engineer. He buys those books on how to, you know, build little bridges and that type of stuff. And the other day I said something to him about an ag engineer and he goes, wait, what's an ag engineer? I said, well, like, you know, all the equipment over at our friend's house who has the bigger dairy than we do and all that equipment runs through the um, milk house and stuff. Mm -hmm. Ag engineers design that. And he was just like, bing, light bulb. I mean, it's all he's done and researched and talked about since then. Yeah. And I was like, you know, he wouldn't have known that there's even those types of processes if he hadn't have been involved in something else. 100%. I think some, like a lot of kids, they pick a major because they have a parent who encourages them or it's like, you know, parents are trying to help them sort through that. They get, they get in it. They're literally two and a half years before they're even like getting any kind of internship or a hands-on experience in the field. And then it's like, okay, uh, here I am. I'm like, three semesters away from finishing my degree or two semesters. And I really don't want to do this. Um, And that's hard. I think the older I I get, I feel like, Hey, if you can, if you can market yourself, like you can pretty much do anything. Like if you have the business mind, you know, and like the writing mind, if you can write and market, you know, like Mm -hmm. you're 
you're good as gold. You can do a lot of different things when, if you're like entrepreneurial minded, you know, and then if you are this like technical job, it's like, yeah, great. Know that early on, go get your technical, you know, whatever that is, get the hands-on experience, uh-huh. make sure that's what you want to do and go for it, you know? Yeah. Well with that, he's going to work for the neighbors and uh, basically like be their grunt mechanic for the summer so he can earn a steer off of them to raise for 4-H next year. Yeah, that's awesome. And so my husband's actually their mechanic. He does their mechanic work all year to save up enough money or to pay for our hay. Basically they trade. He works for them and gets our hay for free. And so that's my awesome. son's going to work for them and get a steer. And uh, oh, I just totally had a, my brain stopped. I think I'm frozen in my office. Like it gets too hot in here because we have to keep the doors shut because my toddler is a terrorist. Okay. Like shut, locked, like latched, double latched. <laughs> and it, it gets too hot in here. So I have everything off and it's <laughs> freezing. <laughs> so, yeah. um, well, you can watch it too. It's like all probably up there swirling. So, so I mean, kind of where I was going with this is all, you know, we're talking about all these different styles of mm-hmm. homeschooling and what that can do for every family and the what pursuits you can take with that and that's actually part of why I asked you if you'd like to come on today as I saw that you are actually starting to teach on the different styles yes so I have um a course called homeschool 101 and the course is meant for families who are wanting to to get started but honestly are just overwhelmed I think there's a lot of people who got interested in it you know in the whole 2020 experience and we're like oh actually maybe I could do this or they saw behind a curtain and like "Hmm, maybe I could be doing something different or doing something better um but then they get into the google search of how do I homeschool and it's incredibly challenging to navigate between not only all of just the avenues for information between podcasts and blogs and youtube and Mm -hmm. everything but also um it's difficult to navigate between all of the product, you know, marketing placement uh, where you have somebody who's saying, Oh, this is the best curriculum. I love this curriculum here. Let me show you and tell you all about it. And you find out, Oh, well, they're actually like an affiliate or have some sort of monetary, you know, marketing attachment mm-hmm. to this product. And so is this product really good or is it not? And, and they don't know that really all of these curriculums are are founded in a teaching method or a teaching style. And if that doesn't mm-hmm. click with your family, like nothing really is going to click. Um, well, and then also you Google how to homeschool and half the time, the first 10 things that pop up are ads and half the time they're for K-12 style programs. Yes, which is a traditional program which is great if, if you are somebody who thinks maybe we're just going to try this for a little while if you really want like a lot of structure or a teacher's guide if you want like the whole tests and quizzes or honestly even if you're easing your child out of conventional schooling or for mm-hmm. a lot of people who have a teaching background like, like the traditional method you want to make sure that whatever curriculum you choose is in the traditional method you know and that's great mm-hmm. but there well, are when we first started and say so when we first started homeschooling, we didn't know if that was going to be a forever choice for us. Yeah. So we homeschooled through a charter that they still let us teach whatever we wanted, mm-hmm. but we were still accredited. So if the kids wanted to turn around and go back to public school, they weren't going to be missing credits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. But that that's wasn't really cool the, right, the right choice for us long-term, but <laughs> that's a really good one for people who aren't sure what their long-term goals are, if, or if they have a high schooler that doesn't have other, you know, they need to get their degree. That's another good program too. But yeah, sorry. I just always like to, some of those programs are great. Some of them aren't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So my course really walks the first like third of it walks them through these different teaching methods and styles. Um, Mm -hmm. And take what maybe they already value as a family and say, this is your starting point is your family's values And then through this, let's find your teaching method. And then through that method, then let's find your curriculum. So you don't have to do a super crazy Google search where it's just like, okay, if I'm somebody who really values 
for example, um, the integration of learning. I like to do a deep dive. I really like to have, I have a lot of multiple ages or a lot of learners at home. And so I want everything to be interwoven. And um, I feel like interwoven style learning reflects life more authentically or, um, you know, I want the maybe benefits of a classical style or a Charlotte Mason style, but I want more structure to it. Like if that's you saying, this is what education looks like, where we're going to study about the middle ages and everyone is going to learn about the middle ages at their different levels. That is a unit style. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to need to find a curriculum that is a unit style that has that at a, as its foundation for the curriculum. Um, so it kind of walks them through that. And then it walks them through, um, like I said, that's, that's just a small portion of it, but then it gives them kind of all of the recommended curriculums for that style. And then um, all of like the links and the internet, the internet links of like, here's a blog. If somebody has used it, here's a YouTube. It's basically all the research that I did for like four or five years compiled and saying, let me save nice. you this. Headache. I'm a researcher. I get like just energized by it. I like to do that. Other people do not. And that can be a hindrance to them homeschooling. So it's like, here, let me put this all together, save you all the time and effort. Just give it to you. I love it. I'm actually launching a membership next week on starting a homestead business. Very cool. And it's basically the same ideas. I've done years of research. Let me just put it all in one place for you. And, um, but yeah, I get what you're saying where it's hard with the affiliate programs. And, you know, there's some times where affiliates are great. Honestly, my curriculum, I have some wonderful affiliates Mm -hmm. and, but I, a lot of them, I know where they're coming from with it. And I, Mm -hmm. You know, I cultivate, I have a, you know, a handful of affiliates that have maybe only earned one commission off me. I have a few that I cultivate and work with regularly. And I even share their stuff back on my page because, you know, one of them did a beautiful flip through on my book and talked Mm -hmm. about it. She is, you know, she is a homesteading homeschooler and that's what she does, you know, and she did this beautiful flip through on my big book. She did a like reading of one of my children's books it's beautiful I share it back to my page she her people get discounts yeah and I just write it off as marketing because she took the time to do something I don't have time to do (laughs) yeah and when somebody genuinely loves it it's great for them to share it you know but it is hard (laughs) and then at the same time there are the ones like I said, I click on it and I'm just so, you can just tell they're like, these are all the best curriculums. Then none of them make any sense together. And you're like, yeah. that. and I mean, I'm even, my house phone is ringing, which it never rings. And I'm like, why is my family not answering that? <laughs> right. but, I love that you still have a house phone. Uh, yeah. It's a safety thing up here. Cause we lose power a lot. Sure. Yeah. And also, um, it's the, like the ranch phone. Yeah. Cause we have one, we don't have a service at our barn. And so I can have a line up at the barn. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. Which is nice when you have to like call the vet in the middle of the night or something. You know? yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, like I said, being, you know, being an eclectic homeschooler, I see, you know, a lot of times, you know, a lot of curriculums don't make sense, or I will suggest curriculums mm-hmm. on my page that are sometimes Hey, this is everything we tried. Some of them are great. Some of them haven't been. Um, Or this is why this didn't work for our family, but this is what they do. And it's still a great one. But then you go to some, you know, blogger type websites and they'll have a list of all the ones they think are the best. And you're like, why are you saying that five different math curriculums are the best? Oh, you're, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. What's hard right now too, like what I've seen in my research is that there are like right now, Charlotte Mason is a method that people are interested in. There's a lot of people who are blogging or Instagramming about Charlotte Mason and it sells. And so you have somebody who's, who's making a curriculum that actually has nothing to do with Charlotte Mason's method or philosophy of education, yet they will tack her name onto it because it it sells or they, they will like, so Charlotte Mason is a method that is like rooted a lot in literature and rich ideas. So the premise is like a lot of subjects, short lessons, 
it focuses a lot on the beauty subjects of like art and poetry and composer and hymn study and whatever. And, and um, it's, but there's a lot more to her method when it comes to like narration and dictation and th these styles of learning. How much that time she believed children needed to be outside. Mm -hmm. and totally. So there's, there's all these elements to her philosophy. Well, you have somebody who is maybe creating a unit study that has art in it or poetry in it or has like a lot of books and they're saying well here it is this is charlotte mason and charlotte mason would you know her method is like no 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 you don't make the connections for the child put it all together and say this is what we're learning about or, you know we're learning about spiders this week you present all of these ideas and the child you know retains and grabs on to what they're learning so there's some of that too where um you know everybody's marketing themselves it's, it's a great angle but also like very challenging for families who are just getting started and then sometimes they choose what they want and then all of a sudden they're in a place where they're saying wait a minute well why doesn't this work for me because so-and-so on instagram or so-and-so's blog or so-and-so that i know they said this is the best and it's not it's not the best for us and then they feel like failures they feel like they want to quit and put their kids back into school or um, mm -hmm. it, it can be very demoralizing and it can be very, just suck the life right out of your homeschool. If you're not within your wheelhouse of like what really works for you and like, what is matching your ultimate goal for education? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and, you know, if, even if like with Charlotte Mason, if you read what the definition of Charlotte Mason is, and then you go, that's a good fit for my family. Mm -hmm. And then you buy something that says it's a Charlotte Mason. Mm -hmm curriculum and it's not mm -hmm. you could feel totally messed up and then end up trying other curriculums that don't work for you spending more money totally the money thing too yeah <laughs> the money thing like oh my and you know even from where I sit my curriculum is expensive mm -hmm. it's but you know what it doesn't fall outside of what another like high school full year science curriculum would be so I don't you know it's not like it's outrageously expensive yeah um but I have to look at that as, you know, I've put, you know, 40 years of agriculture experience and small scale farming into my curriculum, along with the time it took me to write it and printing and the programs I needed to do it and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, and if you are a homesteader, a you know, a curriculum like this or any type of, you know, farming, or if you need a curriculum, that's a health curriculum or something like that, this is going to fall into that. That's going to make a kid excited and it's worth it. And that wasn't necessarily just a plug at me because I've done, I spent $300 on a science curriculum one time because I had a kid who wasn't interested in science, but he was really interested in law enforcement. So I bought him a $300 forensic science curriculum that I still had to print everything out and like, do it all because I knew that this would be a good fit for him. Yeah. Whereas like my little guy now we do a good and the beautiful and it might've even been one of the free ones. I can't remember at this point because we could print it out and he just gets to look at pictures of the mammals and we talk about them, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's, and it it's that every kid is different and, if you don't, if you're not fitting into the right curriculum, you're, you could end up spending a ton of money on what everyone else says is the right one. Yeah. And it is so easy to lose our confidence and like lose our way really when we, as soon as we encounter difficulties in that first year, first two years of homeschooling, it's like, what am I doing wrong? Like, why isn't this working? And then you see all these other people who are so confident in what they're doing and you're like, it must be me. It must be my kids. It must be my curriculum. What is it? I don't know how I made it through those first two years. Well, sometimes that's where the technology piece is not a gift is like when we're not able to discern, like you need discernment in navigating the world of the internet, right? Like whether, no matter what you're into, but especially with homeschooling, because it is easy to sometimes be like, well, it's working for everybody else. And when, when you're uncomfortable or you just don't feel like when you're uncertain, it's really easy to let doubt just creep in and just snatch away all of your confidence. Yeah. So um, we're getting close to the end, but I want to make, I have one question and then I want to make sure we hit all the good stuff. 
Um, can you give like a quick rundown of what all the different teaching methods are and maybe like a one sentence, just a little bit of value of what people can like research for themselves? For sure. So you have traditional, which we talked about, which is um, essentially doing school at home. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be quite structured, but that's that's the premise of it. You have Charlotte Mason, which we talked about, um, and her method is um, it takes a lot of legwork to really understand some of these things, like how do I teach dictation? How do I teach narration? Oh, your child isn't is only doing oral narration for the you know until fourth grade or whatever. So there's some of that that takes a lot of legwork, um, but it's been around for a long time. It's focused a lot on beauties and lots of ideas. Sorry, that's not one sentence. I didn't want you to give away all your goodies, you know. <laughs> and, there's, and there's unit style, which we've talked about. And then there's unschooling, which unschooling works really well for families who are, you know, they want their education to be as far from conventional or traditional as possible. In a lot of ways, they want, they have kids who are self-starters. They have, want lots of flexibility. Um, that requires more on a parent too sometimes of putting that together in a way that still is getting a rigorous education um, but can be super especially cool. if you live in a state that has to state yeah. how many hours you're putting in that's a lot of hours, days or certain topics yeah. and yeah subjects that you're covering um, and then you have oh for sure and it's such a cool thing if that's what your kid is interested in you know like you look at honestly any Olympian who's homeschooled, like they're basically unschooling where yeah. they, so much of their, you know, education is involved in their passion project, their, their, mm-hmm. whatever the sport is and stuff anyways. Um, and then you have classical and classical method, you know, is works really well for families who want their child to know a lot about history. They want them to know a lot about language, you know, Latin and logic. Um, they want to be in a method that's been around for a long time. It's really tried and true, um, that it's built on the trivium. So you ha- there's a lot, they're kind of like Charlotte Mason, where there's some of it that requires legwork and learning how to execute that method. But those are kind of like your top five. And then, um, like I said, everyone, I feel like ends up into some kind of eclectic model where they're kind of doing a hodgepodge of those five. There is like Waldorf and Montessori too, but a lot of those don't extend past the early years. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them don't like the benefits of those don't extend quite, you know, far into like middle school, high school, upper grades. Um, And then, and then one of the things that I highlight in my course too is secular homeschooling where you are homeschooling without a faith component, because even though homeschooling is growing, um, you know, living in a metro area, there's a lot of people who are secular homeschoolers, but a lot of the resources still will have roots in Christianity or have a Christian faith component. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wanted to highlight that too, for families that are not Christians um, mm-hmm. and don't want to start their curriculum. So, and you know, that's a really valid one. Like my curriculum is I technically it's secular. Mm-hmm. I don't even know that I follow all the, I think it probably falls more neutral, but mm-hmm. in that there isn't necessarily a reason to teach religion and farming Mm -hmm. there can be reasons and if that's the type of curriculum you want there's definitely things out there I mean we're a Christian family and we do our devotion every morning and then step right over to our secular science because that was my favorite science that I picked that year (laughs) you know and um, but I have that conversation a lot online with uh potential uh Customers, yeah. yeah, you know, they're <clears throat> is this secular? Well, yes. And then somebody comments like, "It's really sad that you feel the need to take God out of it." And I'm like, "No, that that's not what I said either." Yeah, <laughs> no. What I said is it's brass tacks farming. So then somebody yeah. else goes, "Oh, so it's not really science?" <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my gosh, people!" Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, this is just a really solid. It's a science, it's an applied science that I, because it's applied, there is no philosophy involved with it. Um, and in the character piece that I do teach in it, because I do feel like that character and homesteading go well together. Mm-hmm. I kept that secular specifically because I already am selling this to brick and mortar schools. 
And my goal was to be able to reach a generation that is disconnected from farming. Yes. And I think as a, as a Christian family, I would say, well, you can't be out in nature, out experiencing animals farming without recognizing, you know, creation and God present in all of the life cycle of the animals. And farm. You know, I mean, there's so much about creation and nature that is tied to faith. Oh, yeah. um, and so I think it's easy for families to add that in mm-hmm. versus families we're like, no, that's a, that's a hindrance to stumbling block to. Well, and kind of, that's a place I also feel like parents should, that's, that's the parent's place to teach those things. Mm -hmm. Um, As a parent, I choose some Bible curriculums or devotionals that I feel like fit my family the best. When it comes to Bible curriculums, I prefer the ones that teach the brass tacks of the Bible. Mm-hmm. When it comes to our devotion, then that's when I go more, oh, I need, you know, devotion for teen girls, you know, something mm-hmm. that I feel like is going to fit into each individual child. Mm-hmm. Whereas I know that my background, I am not qualified to teach the masses religion. Yeah. And with that, my curriculum is, I, I am qualified to teach biology and agriculture and you know and I don't Mm -hmm. want to eliminate any when my goal is to reach a generation who's disconnected from farming like you said Mm -hmm. that's a family can easily either bring more Christianity into it or the relationship with God in our world Mm -hmm. versus a family can also take it and be like hey look at you know genetic modification and uh you know, gen- uh, selective breeding, that's proof of evolution. Mm-hmm. That's their choices. And being a scientist, I definitely, I can see both sides. That doesn't mean I believe both sides, you know, and, but I, I can also see in my writings where anybody would be able to teach it. So, I mean, I'm not just coming from that angle. I, I feel for a lot of other curriculum writers who have to fall into some window or feel like they have to fall into a window. Yeah, I think that especially the people who were writing curriculum in the early 90s, even through like mid 2000s, everyone was catering to a Christian audience. And I think mm-hmm. unfortunately, then that puts up a huge hurdle for families who don't identify as that, but still want to homeschool to be mm-hmm. able to find and then what's out there is maybe not as quality, you know, hasn't been around for as long. And so that's a bummer when it's like, oh, you're missing out on some really quality materials because they put faith in there. Or even even to say like, yeah, I hold the same faith as this material, but we express it differently or mm-hmm. we want to highlight, like overly highlight some of the things that were really popular in culture, like purity culture and apologetics and stuff like that, where it's like, no. Our faith, like we also want to talk about other things besides, you know, just (laughs) X, Y, and Z, whatever the topic was of that time period. Every once in a while I run across, you know, let's say a history curriculum that's a Christian history Mm -hmm. curriculum. Some of the Christian history curriculums are great Mm -hmm. and where they work religion in really well, or, you know, there's kind of a like, and then here's a Bible verse that makes sense for this type of situation that this person was in. Mm-hmm. Whereas, um, I, I I can think of a couple that I really loved or really yeah. loved with that. Whereas there's another one that's actually a really, it's one of the main curriculums that's out there. Mm-hmm. You know, curriculum publishing companies. Yeah, and I bought one of their histories. And I'm you know reading through it with the kids, and I was like. I don't know, you know, it was talking about some general in for some country back in the Middle Ages or something. I don't remember what it was. And they're talking about, you know, all of his military techniques that he did and political angles and who worked underneath him and how they trained and, you know, that. And then at the end, they're like, and he won the war because God was on his side. And I was like. No, no, no. (laughs) Like, you know, what about the other guy? Like, did God not love him? And this was like a junior high level curriculum. Yeah. And I think wrestling through some of those harder concepts and not just 
Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I feel like just to make it a Christian religion, they did, you know, like, or a Christian curriculum that they, you know, write, you know, five chapters on, you know, military strategies and, oh, yeah. remember, it, it's a Christian curriculum. Oh yeah. So God made him win. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I was very disappointed by that. Yeah. And it so, cheapens I, it so much, you know, where you're like, I think the difference is, and again, it's kind of like that present how you present information and where it's like, you can see, wow, God really equipped this person with all of their knowledge and skill and experience and, and situationally, circumstantially, that is like, God was in it versus mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't know, it's it cheapened some of that information it that does. you want yeah. to wrestle through, you want kids to like really navigate and learn through. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I mean, I read another book that was, it was a secular one, but that's besides the point, but it also, cause it talked about how between what was going on politically, religiously and farming in this or in, in agriculture in this particular country that they were say making mistakes mm-hmm. and because of those mistakes, that's what made them lose the war against the guy who apparently God was only on his side, <laughs> you know? And if you look at it, well, okay. Yeah. Maybe this other country, they were practicing, um, you know, an idol religion yeah. and they had over farmed because they weren't pr- protecting their land. And yeah. they had a guy in there who was all about his own riches. So sure. yeah, that probably very much affected them losing yeah. the war. But to come at it from the perspective of, yeah, like you said, it cheapens not Mm -hmm. only the history of the curriculum, but of our religion. Yeah. My hope is that as we collectively walk down this road of homeschooling, as more and more people, I mean, 5 million people, 5 million families are homeschooling in the year 2021. So obviously now they haven't done research recently and there's still a lot of parents who don't report and stuff, but um. But you know, we live in a state where we don't have to report. So I love it. Yeah. So it's like, who knows if they count you or not, but you know, it, the world is expanding and the homeschooling world is expanding. And my hope is that there more and more, there'll be a, a meshing of this kind of secular and Christian. So mm-hmm. that, I mean, if Christians are saying like, we, you know, so that homeschooling isn't just put in this little box, but also so that kids are are still having a relationship with people who are different than them, who look different than them. And so that as, as parents and as mothers, like we can be sharing like the hope we have in Christ. And that it's not just like, oh, no, this is our co-op and we're all Christians. You know, we're all white, middle class, like whatever kind of what the demographics were in like 1997, you know, but to say, no, like we can have a more... Um, you know, a meshment in just the way that we, the way that we learn at home and we can still have um, diversity of relationship and of ideas. And we can sort through that from a, from a biblical, you know, worldview in our home, but also that we're not like limiting it to just one style or one small box of education. Well, plus I like to live in the gray area. I'm a very, I'm not a black or white person. I'm very gray. And Mm -hmm. I also, I like to teach on like problem solving and stuff. So it's, I kind of, I want everyone to make those decisions on their own, but let Mm -hmm. me actually give you information, not what maybe like the media or the biased public school systems are teaching. Like, let's get, like, like, let's actually learn it and learn how to discern it. Yeah, it's like, why would we pull you out of one bias system to just put you in another bias system? Like, no, our job is to like offer ideas and to wrestle and and help you learn discernment and wisdom and knowledge, you know, and not not just to teach you another, you know, very limited way of thinking. Limited worldview, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, do you want to tell everyone where they can find you? Yes. So you can find me at my website, my blog, littlehouselearningco.com. Yeah, I've got all my products there. So I have, like I mentioned, a preschool curriculum for ages like I would say two and a half to five that is really based on exploration and just a gentle 
it's more of like a menu than it is a curriculum or checkbox. Um, mm -hmm. It's been really fun. I've had almost 2000 families use it. In the, I just launched it in August. Um, and it's been really fun to see all these little kids just enjoy ex exploration without being pushed into early academics. Um, so yeah. that's called let them, let them Be Little Preschool is what that is called. And then I have my Homeschool 101 course, which I mentioned. Um, and then I do have a faith-based resource called Habits and Hymns, um, which kind of goes through a little bit of virtue training and hymn study and has those kind of faith components that my other two resources do not. So, yeah. And then I blog there and then I'm also on Instagram at littlehouselearningco.com, you know, littlehouselearningco. <laughs> my handle. Yeah. Um, and so my favorite question for all of my guests is what does keep growing mean to you? Keep growing. I think that I am a learner by nature. And so keep growing is just, it means a lot about lifestyle and just um, that there's always more to learn and there's always more to explore. And um, there's always more people to understand and perspectives to, to listen to. Um, I think keep growing is a great motto to live by, man. That's the theme of my podcast is grow your yeah. own food and grow as a person. Love it. So, all right. Well, thank you so much for joining me and everybody make sure that you go and check out Katie because I love that she's giving us the information that we need to sort through this plethora of information. Yeah. <laughs> so, Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today at the Homestead Education. And I hope that I have given you something to think about this week. To help others find me, please comment and leave a review on your favorite podcast player. You can also follow me on Facebook at The Homestead Education and Instagram at homestead underscore education. Do you have questions that you would like answered or just want to say hi? Please email me at hello at thehomesteadeducation.com. Until next time, keep growing!